from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C, a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. You know what it is? It's Tuesday, and we're under the tutelage of our general manager, um, the UN. The UN will be our general manager. I've got some details on the UN and how stupid that freaking organization is for you. Absolutely it has amazing. No use. It is how you say useless. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing and disgusting. Amazing and disgusting, ladies and gentlemen. Our original air names. Our original air names, exactly. Yes. And we played soft rock, and nobody wanted to get up in the morning and listen to Amazing Disgusting in the morning playing soft rock. Crank up the music, Marco. It's an intermation party. If you didn't come to party, don't bother knocking on my door. Uh, high standard. And speaking of that, referencing the classic Prince song, there's video of Prince that has just come out for, as an 11-year-old from a news report way back in the day. That's that's what I understand. Yes, commenting on some of the news of the day. I haven't watched it yet, but an 11-year-old Prince, I assume he's wearing, like, silk pajamas and lipstick. I think the news is funky today. <laughs> I do not like the school lunch. Um. Anyway. Maybe we'll post that on our website, among other things. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, the U.N. You know what's so maddening about the freaking U.N.? Everybody has seen the videos and pictures out of Ukraine that are just horrible. And it seems like new, more horrible ones come out every single day. Uh, just, just you know, the worst stuff that man can do to man is being done, has been done in Ukraine by Russian soldiers for no reason whatsoever. I don't know if it's just evil or what. but And... Uh, the U.N. can't get its act together to condemn it in the most serious ways because it would take a vote from Russia on the U.N. Security Council, and they say no. And kicking Russia out of the U.N. Security Council would require a vast, vast majority, I forget what the number is, two-thirds or whatever, of the members to want to kick them out, and there's not that much support among well, countries and around the world. who might be uh, inclined to go ahead and do that, China looks at him and says, we own your port, and we say no. No, you're not going to do that. Isn't that something? Oh, yeah. You can't have a global body that can't even vote to call this awful. If, if the global body doesn't look at this and say it's awful, well, then that's a, not a global body you want to have in charge of anything. It's uh, highly flawed at best, if I'm going to be charitable. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, the U.N. is decent at handing out charity. Uh, I read a, a long scholarly piece on it. They do a pretty good job at that. Maybe uh, you need a little Ebola medicine in Africa. They do a pretty good job at that. But in terms of uh, managing serious crises, preventing uh, death and bloodshed, not really. Uh, yeah, well, maybe we should just put them in the handing out food business and leave them out of the condemning bad countries business because clearly they're really, really horrible at that. Uh, Vladimir... Um, Zelensky is going to be addressing the U.N. today and, you know, calling them out for that. Speaking of uh, calling people out, um, I was just following a pretty interesting story. Um, uh, 
President Zelensky is very upset, as a lot of the world, that so many countries, including the U.S. to a certain extent, are still buying stuff from Russia. So you got Russia going around raping women, murdering children, torturing people regularly. Why did you tie up those people and torture them as part of your denazification program? The hell is that? Just trying to terrorize the population into uh, compliance, capitulation. That's not what he said. He said he went in there to uh, get rid of the government that was abusing their brothers and sisters. Ah, right, the Nazis, right. So they went into that one town where the mayor very bravely, and there'll be a statue to her someday, bravely refused to uh, turn the the, the town over. So they uh, killed her whole family, broke her fingers and her arms, and then executed her. Oh, Lord, a a woman no less. Not that that's a cheery treatment for a fellow, but what kind of monster does that? It's a very good question. What kind of monster does that? It's a very good question. I mean, it is flat-out medieval, man. So um, while that is going on, you got a lot of countries that are still buying energy from Russia, but um, there's quite a battle going on. Public opinion is so... Swing had already swung hard against Russia and is swinging even harder, in, particularly in Germany. So in Germany, they've got a heck of a political battle going on between the crowd that's saying, look, I hate them too. I want to get off of Russian oil too, but we can't do it immediately or we will completely devastate our economy, which might actually be true. Mm-hmm. And and the other, which is growing and maybe actually be the majority sentiment that I don't care. I don't care what it does. We're willing to pay the price. Let's stop sending money to this butcher. That's that's a danged interesting political story. Wow, I've got to start getting some English translations of German uh, media because that is a that's an amazing fight. Oh, and a yeah. difficult one. The and, stakes are enormous. Yeah, and I was listening to Ian Bremmer talk about this the other day. Um, and and I'm I'm happy that polls show that Americans are okay with gas being you know whatever it is wherever you live six dollars in California. Um, uh, willing to put up with the pain because Russia is so awful. That's cool. But we're not even close to the kind of pain that they're experiencing in Germany, in France, and Great Britain. I mean, these people are paying amounts of money to heat their homes and drive their cars that, that are just astounding when they get translated to, or uh, whatever you call uh, converted to our numbers. And um, uh, I hope we'd be willing to put up with that kind of pain, but we certainly haven't had to yet. Well, and from what I've read, if indeed they say, okay, that's it, no more Russian energy, it won't be a question of how much a gallon of gas costs or a liter. Uh, it'll be that there isn't any. Right. There'd be full-on rationing and uh, and all that sort of stuff. But it would seem that the public is okay with that. That's how bothered they are by... That's another part of this story is it's the other side of the world for us, and it's still horrifying. Imagine if it was just a couple hundred miles over there. Sure. That that was happening. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Just awful. And and as I've said many times throughout this, the next chapter, I can't imagine how it will unfold. You've you were saying this yesterday. Um, the real political pain should be felt by whichever parties or politicians got them this deep into needing Russian energy to start with. All the smart people or even kind of smart people knew that that was a bad idea. Uh, yes, yes, you don't want to be on the hook to a murderous dictator. On the other hand, friends, and this is going to be an oof, as my uh, 22-year-old daughter used to say during her college years, oh, that's an oof. Here's an oof. We've done the same thing times 100, times 100,000 with communist China. Mm. 
And if some horrific day of reckoning comes with the communist Chinese, what's that going to do to our economy when, you know, two-thirds of Americans say, I don't care what it takes. We can't enrich them anymore. We made our own deal with the devil. Well, we ought to start the show officially. Be a good idea. Yeah. North North Carolina didn't want it. They didn't want it as bad as Kansas wanted it. That's what happened last night. You got to want right? it. It's who wants it the most. That that kid whose ankle snapped there like in the last 30 seconds, he didn't want it. If he wanted it, his ankle wouldn't have snapped. His ankle, like his will, weak. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's some uh, good analysis. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, April 5th, the year 2022. New you in 22. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Very well, then. Let's leap into action according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Are most of the kids in favor of the picketing? Yep. How come? I think they should get a better education, too, because... And I think they should get some more money, because they work be working extra hours for us and all that stuff. There you go, a young prince. An 11-year-old prince being interviewed by local news, I assume, there in Minnesota. About a teacher's strike. <laughs> I was thinking about that, and and I've said this many times. The next generation of famous people, it's going to be so different than it's been in world history. You would you would have you would have videos of Bruce Springsteen riding his first bike, or um, you know refusing to eat peas as a six year old, and the parents <laughs> making him sitting at the table, right. and just anything you can imagine. Because I've got videos of you know everything my kids have ever done practically. And people that become famous in the future, you'll have all that. I mean, we don't even have pictures of Abraham Lincoln before he was the age of, like, 45, let alone videos of him, uh, you know, getting his bum wiped by his mom. Or or wrestling some <laughs> other youth in the town square. Yeah, right. or saying right. something unfortunate and stupid as a 15-year-old. So are you going to sell those uh, videos to the National Enquirer there, Dad, when your kids are famous? Eh, I don't know, that's questionable. Are How sp- are we going to see them? Am I supposed to get rid of them, or...? Well, no. How are they? How are we going to see them? You're gonna you're gonna sell them or put them online or what? Oh, well, that yeah, that'll come out. Yeah, everything does. Everything does. This is what it sounds like when striking teachers cry. Do but do do. Am I wrong? Do, this is do, this. Do, I've, do, I've do. heard this a bunch of times today in different sources. It's such a big deal that there's video of Prince as an 11 year old. Well, every single politician, movie star, singer ever, you'll have more videos than you would ever want to watch of them. For the next generation. Yeah, you want to see the biggest singing star in the world in their fourth grade spelling bee? Here, I got it for you. I I really don't. Well, know. yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. I think I the novelty care. will wear off pretty fast. Look, Prince is an 11-year-old talking about a teacher's strike. Here's Prince at summer camp when he's 13, trying to learn right. how to paddle a canoe. Okay. Here's Prince tossing a baseball back and forth. There's no audio. But look, look at him throw it. Starting to get the picture here. He's blowing up the candles when he's sick. There you go. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's fine. Solid. I want to compile all my kids' birthdays. I haven't done that yet, but I've got every single birthday, actually of everybody in our family, but uh, both the kids, every birthday. Oh, that's a good idea. Starting yeah. with the cake in the kitchen and coming in and everybody singing happy birthday, all of them. And i got to get them together in one spot. How cool is that? That didn't exist for me. I wish it existed for me. I wish it existed for everybody. Sure, sure. Keep going until, you know, uh, Sam's got a, a beard flecked with gray, and he's saying, Dad, I told you I'm paleo. I don't drink. I don't eat sugar. I can't eat this cake. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to mailbag and all the news of the day coming up. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. 
Germany and France announced yesterday they're going to expel dozens of Russian diplomats after the videos came out of the horror. You hadn't already? I mean, that, that's what always gets me with a lot of these sanctions and various moves. That didn't happen already? Okay. The other stuff, the, the leveling the one full modern city to rubble and all that. Bombing the theater full of children. Diplomats still hanging around, but now that the, we've seen the actual bodies, uh, you're kicking them out. Well, I'm glad you are, saying Russian embassy staffers have worked here in Germany every day against our freedom, against our cohesion, and our society. Yeah, absolutely they have. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's extraordinary. The expressions of outrage generally are not matched by the actions of governments, if it's at all inconvenient, economically or diplomatically or whatever. But uh, it is reaching the point where it appears that countries are ready to get as serious with their actions as they are with their words. Well, and they're going to be pushed politically, as I was just saying in Germany. It looks like a majority opinion is, I don't care what it's going to cost me. No more giving money to Russia. Wow, interesting. And the uh, the horrors have just begun to be documented, too. There's more to come, which is obviously horrifying. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Uncomfortably appropriate from Aldous Huxley. Continuing our quotes about war. The most shocking fact about war is that its victims and its instruments are individual human beings, and that these individual beings are condemned by the monstrous conventions of politics to murder or be murdered in quarrels not their own. Yep. That is the history of war. Yeah, yeah, that's grim. You know, that's I'm grim. not full on uh, hippie, uh, you know, go fighting in a rich man's war sort of thing. But the people that make the decisions that bring us to war don't do the fighting. True. Absolutely true. Yeah. Mailbag. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Registered opinion, a comment, uh, link to something we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Frequent correspondent Mike in Arkansas says, Guys, sometimes I miss the old days of the callers on the show. Often wonder what happened to Crazy Bruce. What happened to the guy who thought Stephen King called killed John Lennon? All right. Did he think Stephen King did the author? I think so. I that was mur- LennonMurderTruth.com. He had a website. I believe so. He may still, yeah. He's just got more clicks than he's had in a decade. Uh, <laughs> and that guy in 2012 that was suicidal... Because dumb people annoyed him so much. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember that call for the rest of my life. Because I have that, just not nearly as bad as him. Is there a name for that? There is. He told us the name for it, but I don't recall what it is. And I've clicked around, I've tried to recall it, but I don't. It's If people act in a way that is insensitive to other people's needs, like the person who swears loudly in line in front of kids at McDonald's, that sort of thing. Um, you know, somebody who cuts in line, whatever, people who just behave badly. It, it made him so crazy. He spent every day trying not to commit suicide. Yeah, I have trouble with that. When I was at the zoo a couple of weeks ago, you know, all kinds of different displays of don't touch this, don't do that. And, you know, kids touching it and pushing on it. And the parents just standing there looking around I'm like, what oh, the yeah. freak is wrong with you? Oh. I don't let my kids touch the things where it says don't touch this. Right, or or the people who, like, lay on the board where you're learning about the fascinating zebra or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, excuse me, I can't read that. And they look at you like, nah. <laughs> oh, my God, it makes me insane. <laughs> Again, oh, I'm so grateful I don't have it as bad as that guy. I've often wondered what happened to him. He was a fascinating guy, too, very bright, uh, compassionate. Just uh, If you know what the name of that condition is, it's not just being neurotic, is it? 
No, no, there's a, well, it, yes and no. There's a particular subcategory of neurotic for that. Yeah. But if you know yeah. the name of it, text us because I'll bet there's a good Reddit thread on it. Uh, 415-295-KFTC. Oh, my gosh, we're almost out of time. Uh, Mike then mentions Dominic asks a question. Those were fun times. Now back to inflation, coming food shortages, and the horror in Ukraine. Anyway, Owen, too. Uh, let's see. Uh, guys, Ken writes, many people have Joe Biden a pardon hunter, right? Oh, boy. Yeah, many people have sent along that thought. Uh, gentlemen, you owe a huge uh, apology to young Alex, your behind-the-scenes producer. The UFO story from the FBI is 100% legit. In fact, I discovered this little alien jumpsuit yesterday. It appears to be the clothing of a toddler. I can only assume that I startled him, and he instantly teleported back to Uranus. He also ate all the M&Ms out of my girlfriend's trail mix. Little alien jerk. (laughs) Just sounds like a toddler, Drew. (laughs) Hilarious. Elon Musk warns us that woke is the biggest threat to the planet. We've got some examples on why that is. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It is a prevalent mind virus and... um, uh, arguably one of the biggest threats to modern civilization. So do, do we want a humorless society that is, is simply rife with condemnation uh, and hate, basically? At, at its heart, wokeness is divisive, um, exclusionary, um, and hateful. It's, it's, it basically gives mean people a reason... A, 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 it gives them a shield to be to be mean and cruel, mm. armored in false virtue. So Elon Musk, the world's richest man, uh, calling out wokeness as a giant threat to humanity. That's the reason he is now the largest shareholder on Twitter. And it was just announced he's now on the board. So I'm sure at the first board meeting of Twitter, he is going to bring up some things that I'm guessing board members of Twitter don't normally bring up in meetings. I would guess so. You know, it's funny. The uh, the last thing he said about the it gives people an excuse for meanness and cruelty reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Aldous Huxley. The surest way to work up a crusade in favor of some good cause is to promise people that they will have a chance of maltreating someone, to be able to destroy with good conscience, to be able to behave badly and call your bad behavior righteous indignation. This is the height of psychological luxury, the most delicious of moral treats. Yeah, you don't want that to be true, and you want to think that that's true for other people and not you, but that would be a lie about human nature. That's something that Jordan Peterson's always on about. Is You, you have to watch what's going on in Ukraine and what the Russian soldiers are doing and realize that you're capable of that. It's hard for me to wrap my head around, but but th- those people, you know, they're the same species as me, and somehow they got there. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. have throughout history for various so, reasons. Uh, so, yeah, you got to realize that the, the people are capable of being very, very mean, and expressing it in social media is not helping anything. So taking just one step off of that topic uh, toward the question of the the woke sex stuff and why they're so anxious to teach it in school. Why are they so enthusiastic about teaching six, seven-year-olds about uh, gay, straight, transgender? 
uh, you know, the gender bred uh, person where you had where you have to, you know, point an arrow to your genitals and explain who you are. What's the enthusiasm for that? A uh, couple of things. Um, it's interesting. I came across this uh, essay from a girl who uh, called herself transgender and then changed her mind and realized that she just lost her mind. And she describes uh, a, a process which is precisely like the one I'm going to describe in a Twitter thread I'm going to read to you in a second. I mean, it is point by point exactly a uh, an amen to what I'm going to read. Um, and I'd like to read you her whole essay because it's so interesting. Maybe someday we will. Um, but then this, this is going to get us one step closer to where I'm going with this. This is a scholarly paper sent around by uh, alert listener Joe. It's one of those sociology type papers uh, that explores um, the question of childhood innocence and how if you want to enact a lot of the woke agenda, you've got to get rid of childhood innocence because that innocence enables the parents to condition the children on their traditional non-woke beliefs. And they've got to dismantle that to be able to get to your children. This is an actual uh, scholarly paper published in you know some journal of what's-its talking about destroying childhood innocence. So anyway, onto the uh, Twitter thread by a fellow by the name of Josh Dawes, and that is um, uh, it's listed at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Uh oh, disaster! Wait a minute, has Twitter blocked it? Oh my golly, that is amazing! So that piece that you read from yesterday is no longer on Twitter. Yeah, hang on a second. Let me see if I can get to it. That's uh, that would be the sort of thing that Elon Musk joined Twitter for. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff, I just got to do a tiny bit of typing. Let me see if I can get my way back. Uh, hmm, that's probably a different guy. Yeah, that guy's talking about college basketball. Definitely a different guy. Uh, okay, let me see if I can find it. Although I tell you what, I've got it more or less committed to memory. What you do is you get the kids very young, very early, and you start with the critical race theory thing. And you convince the kids that mom and dad are wrong about everything, that all the white people are bad, they're racists, and all the people of color are oppressed by those white people. And if mom and dad don't agree, Mom and dad are wrong, and, and mom and dad are, are part of the problem that's hurting so many people. You've got to sever that connection to tradition, to the old ways of doing things, before you can get in their heads. And they're very effective at that. Um, and this guy goes into brilliant detail, and I'll try to find it maybe during the commercials. But then the second part of it is, and this is so important, you convince everybody who's, say, white or cisgender or heterosexual. Cisgender is you just believe you are what you thought you were from the beginning. Well, I'm a dude who's a dude. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm a woman who's a woman. Um, they convince all of those people that they are oppressors. You that they are awful. You, you haven't convinced me, by the way, for the record. They're the worst people. They hurt people all the time. And if you're one of those kids, you're hurting people and you're evil. And these kids are desperate to move away from 
the not just disapproval, but 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 brutal, hateful, accusatory, uh, uh, you know, condemnation of them. You're bad. You're part of the problem. And they think desperately, uh, how do I not be that? I, I, I hate this. I'm, I'm just getting battered here in school, online, whatever. I've got to be something alternate. What can I be? And you get uh, Rachel Dolezal, lunatic, who starts to think she's black, so she won't be the oppressor anymore. Or in the case of many, especially adolescent girls, they start saying, I'm transgender. And immediately, to quote this other gal, um, immediately they go from the worst people, the darkest, the most hated, the oppressor, to celebrated, loved, nurtured, supported by the same brutal online community or in-school community that was making their lives so difficult. So then, as uh, Josh Dawes puts it in his now-vanished Twitter thread, go ahead, Jack. Just try to imagine that if you were a um, uncomfortable in your own skin, not particularly popular, you know, kind of on the edge of society, junior high kid or early high school girl or whatever. And then all of a sudden you realize now I'm part of a community where I am like I'm cheered and I've got so many people supporting me every day. And wow, that'd be that that'd spin your head around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, so having accomplished then that that cutoff from mom and dad, being convinced that mom and dad are old and racist and hateful and transphobic and homophobic, the school wants to make sure that new sexual identity of yours remains secret for a while, which is uh, while it solidifies, which is one of the reasons that they uh, they don't believe in uh, getting parental permission to teach this stuff or or to report it back home or what have you. And then by the time mom and dad become aware that uh, their daughter suddenly identifies as a guy or vice versa or says, I'm non-binary because, you know, I mean, for instance, I, I'm a dude. I kind of like being a dude. I don't think I'm a girl, but I don't want to be hated anymore i'll say i'm non-binary i'm pansexual whatever and by the time mom and dad find out about this new identity it is so ingrained in the kid it's extremely difficult it's, it, it takes some incredibly skilled parenting to handle that moment without what you might call overreacting or just oh, reacting with shock <laughs> under the best of circumstances i think your chances are slim of a Making that work out very well. Well, right. And so then you react with shock and maybe even a little bit of anger or you realize what's been going on at, at school or what have you. And, uh, and, and you react in a way that says to your kid who's bought this doctrine that, oh, my God, my parents are seriously haters. They're seriously transphobic. Look, like, look what they've done to me. And in that way. The connection with the older generation is severed, and they can make their little revolutionaries. That is what they're going for. This whole critical theory thing, the more you read about it, the more you understand it. Again, uh, James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose's Cynical Theories is a great book about this. They are trying to turn your kids into little revolutionaries to reform the world in the way they see fit. I fully understand, having read the book and listened to hours of James Lindsay explain the history of this, going back to the... French school of this sort of thought and everything like that. But how? where is it coming in through the school? Because most teachers aren't like this. They're just people who kind of like kids and wanted to be teachers. So how, how does it get into the school? 
Well, the colleges of education have been rife with this stuff, critical theory, queer theory, all that, for years and years. It's been kind of a subculture of society. Unfortunately, though, it's the subculture that makes teachers. Mm. And so it was super hot in universities. It became the way to prove you're on the cutting edge. You're really progressive. And then that spread to the teachers' colleges. And so you've got, uh, you know, I don't know what percentage of teachers are indoctrinated into this stuff, but it's significant enough if you combine that with their viciousness and their willing to dis- willingness to destroy careers, like Elon Musk was talking about, you get a potent force. And you get a lot of soft heads who believe this crap, too. And, it, you know, your, your explanation of that helps explain how you wake up one day and all of a sudden the world is like this. You're like, how did this happen? Well, it's because there's this burbling under, uh, I was going to say underworld, but it wasn't that far underground. It was out there. Um, but it was just, you know, it was, it was a fringe thing happening out there, but it, 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 was, it, was, it was laying the groundwork to get to where we are today. Right. For many right. years. Yeah, operating pretty quietly. I hope I've done a good job of, of recalling and explaining what Josh uh, was writing about. Um, again, I'll try to dig it up. I'm a little frustrated that disappeared. But it is all about cutting off the relationship with the parents. because And, and I remember, I've brought this up several times, but I remember being so shocked. I think it was a freshman or sophomore in, in college. I was taking a philosophy class. And it's clear to me now the teacher was a Marxist. And the teacher would bring up how uh, the nuclear family or, or parental raising of children was an evil to be done away with. The community needed to be raising children and teaching the children what they needed to know. And at the time, I thought, you are freaking loony tales. What class was that? Philosophy. So how does a Marx, at the height of the Cold War, how is a Marxist a university professor? You know, I don't know if they were in the closet or if they were just, they might have just been a critical theory type Marxist. Hmm. Right. Um, but it, it's clear to me now in retrospect, that's exactly what she was talking about. Parents can't teach the children because they won't teach the children revolutionary values. Well, and remember, uh, prior to even people coming up with these theories, Woodrow Wilson was a big, you know, the, the goal of the government is to make the kids not like their parents. What? Right, the goal of education. Of education. Yeah. Public education. Right. Um, yeah, which is horrifying. It is. And, That's the and, last thing. I don't know any parent who, who thinks that way. Uh, pretty much every parent. I, I, want, I, want, I want to raise my kids the way my parents raised me, and I want my kids to end up like, I mean, so we're doing the exact opposite, we, and various people think That's awful. That, isn't that crazy? Two quick notes. Number one, if you think any of this sounds like paranoid, it's actually in all these people's writings. Critical theory. It describes this process. I'm, we're quoting them. Uh, secondly, they are more than aware that a lot of what they are doing is repugnant to parents, as I said. So they keep it quiet. They keep it secret. They soft-pedal it. They deny their teaching critical theory. They poo-poo it. They say it's a Fox News conspiracy theory or whatever. But it is there in their own writings. In a story that has gotten national attention, horrifying shooting in Sacramento, California over the weekend. Six dead. They've arrested a second person. We'll have more details on that coming up later. Kind of an interesting story. It seems pretty clear the person had some sort of automatic weapon, which of course is illegal. There are already many, many gun laws against that, and yet it still happened. Okay? All right. You get it? Anyway, a lot more on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki is reportedly planning to leave the Biden administration in the next several weeks to host a show on NBC's streaming platform Peacock. Oh, God. Can I please be there when you teach Joe how to download Peacock? I need a Roku. Isn't that one of those Japanese poems? <laughs> oh, boy. He's old, you see. Come on. Uh, I'm looking at a whole bunch of different headlines. I don't know which ones we'll talk about and which ones we won't get to, but the western United States is in its worst drought in 1,200 years. I haven't dug into this to see if they're uh, using like all kinds of worst-case scenarios or um, you know, uh, fudging data because you know the whole lies, damn lies, and statistics thing, but it is a bad drought. There's no doubt. Having lived in the western United States now for quite some time, it don't rain like it used to. No doubt about that. Um, so uh, build more water storage. This, that one's too dark. Every, everything I'm coming across is too dark. I want to get away from dark for a second. Uh, so Fred Couples, legendary gar- golfer, believes Tiger Woods can win the Masters if he plays. I think Fred is stoned. Fred, I know, I know you're, you're stoned. I know you're going to the Masters, but mm-hmm. uh, regular inebriated driver Tiger Woods might be playing in the Masters. Why, what is this all this hero worship that has come out of Tiger all of a sudden? People love a comeback story so much in America that if you come back from awful behavior with no indication that you're any different, people still root for you. It's really interesting to me. Well, he was the ultimate winner, and a lot of people latch on to that. They just they root for the, the front runner. I, I'm not like that. Then, I you found out he was obnoxious, then you found out he was a complete phony with his whole wife and kids and dad thing. God, and, tiger! And then found out that he regularly gets hammered and drives around. And Re- including regularly. fairly recently. Wait a minute, regularly? It's no, not that's not your business. He doesn't get arrested or get into horrifying wrecks more than like once a year. And once so, every and, couple and of And years. the only times he drives hammered, would say the classic drunk driver, I guess, is the times you caught me. I don't do it other times where you don't catch me. Or I don't crash into a pole or roll my car or end up with four flat tires at a stoplight. <laughs> Well, now when he did that, that the uh, the recent crash that that just devastated his leg, and he's walking around with more uh, hardware in his leg than an Ace Hardware. Um, uh, was that just Ambien? I think, or did they not even field sobriety? I can't remember yeah, how that I think unfolded. That was, no, that's none of your business. It was covered up. <laughs> that's right. The L.A. County Sheriff's uh, covered it up, right? Anyway, sorry uh, if it wasn't L.A. County, I apologize. So the feel-good comeback story with the serial wife-cheating, inebriated, driving Tiger Woods. Uh, So he he may play this weekend, but you don't think he'll win. Okay, so that's that's that. I I can't believe he'll walk four rounds on that uh, ski slope of a golf course, but uh, who knows? Well, if he does, the good news is 70% of the TV coverage will be of him shooting 88 and not making the cut to the exclusion of everybody else. Talk brain is a thing. Interesting article in the Wall Street Journal today. This is not. I, I've never. I've, I don't have TikTok. I've watched like three TikTok videos in my entire life, but I don't doubt this because I have it with other things. The dopamine rush of endless short videos makes it hard for young viewers to switch their focus to slower moving activities. They've figured it out by actually looking at brain scans. I think we all feel this. We've been talking about this for years. And I don't even look at like the fast TikToks, just the regular going through t- t- Twitter and uh, notifications on my phone has made my brain. It's very difficult to slow down and read a book. So TikTok is even worse is what they're saying. 
I have a personal account from young person and or people that say, yes, number one, it's a time suck beyond all time sucks. And number two, it ruins your brain. Remember the good old days when kids just watched YouTube all day? Now they binge on 15-second TikToks, and it's changing their brains. Many parents tell me their kids can't sit through feature-length films anymore because to them the, mov- the movies feel painfully slow. Have you had that experience where you're like, teenagers can't watch a 90-minute movie anymore? That's fa- that was, uh, that Ain't was nobody one- got time for that! That was one of the skits on Saturday Night Live, actually. Pete Davidson with his song about movies being too long. Yeah, our, our younger kids uh, have to have their phone in hand, scrolling and clicking and communicating during a movie. And I'm like, I thought we were going to watch a movie. I am, Dad. It's weird. So just watching a movie is not enough. you got to have your phone also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Watching a movie would be like torture. It's too slow. Ooh. Yeah. Is that preparing them for the future or awful? Or making them insane. How do anxiety numbers look to you these days? Armstrong and Getty.